Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Birdemic Shock and Terror, directed by James Nguyen and released in 2010. The plot. A young couple falls in love just as their town is threatened by a virus that turns birds into dive-bombing killers. That's also my, my plot summary. I always use yours when I can, my dear. That one was particularly hard to summarize because you're like, what plot? Yeah. Well, IMDb is not actually different from yours. It's a platoon of eagles and vultures attacks the residents of a small town. Many people die. It is not known what caused the flying menace to attack. Two people manage to fight back, but will they survive? Birdemic. It's, um, it's not known what caused it. Yes, it is. It was I, global warming. I get the idea that James Nguyen wrote that himself. It, it was global warming. We all know what caused it because they talk about it 6,000 times. And they go and see an inconvenient truth. And they go and see an inconvenient truth. Oh, and he talks at about a point getting in time, a, a hybrid. And a point in time when incon- an inconvenient truth was not on at the cinemas mm-hmm. and they actually show a shot of the cinema that was that where they supposedly saw an inconvenient truth and an inconvenient truth is not on the roster anywhere. <laughs> I missed that. I uh, may have looked into this movie after watching it because I had such a delightful time watching it. So this is like a famously notoriously bad movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where like whenever you see lists of the worst movies, this is on there along with things like The Room and a few other movies. Um, it was reviewed by How Did This Get Made, which is another podcast, which is on Earwolf, and uh, which I've been listening to a lot. Yep. I haven't and, listened to the Birdemic one yet, but they are a good podcast and I like them. Yeah. And they review Birdemic and I went, I have to watch this movie. It was one of their live ones and they actually got one of the uh, actresses from the movie, um, Whitney, who plays oh, yep. Natalie. She's. I was actually going to talk about her later. She's like the one person in this whole thing that can act. She definitely puts in an effort at acting in this, but I don't think anybody, when directed in this movie, could do anything to lift the quality of this movie. No, like, you could put, like, an Oscar-winning actress in here and it, she would probably perform about the same. Like, there's nothing you could do with this. Still, she outacts her male co-star, Alan Bagg. Alan Bach? Bar? Bach? Bar? <laughs> I don't know, Alan Bug. I don't know. How yes, but I'm. I'm again. She I'm pretty sure you could put outacts that guy, and also everybody else we come across: <laughs> Russian waitress, her mom, who is totally awesome, but not great. Um. Yeah, I, I think you could put a block of wood opposite Alan Barr and it would probably act better than he does. He is appalling. Oh, but but it's not just the acting. The script is terrible mm-hmm. and extremely clunky. And sometimes seems like it was written by someone for whom English is not their first language. And the lighting doesn't work. The sound drops out. The the shots don't match up. The sound doesn't match up between shots in the same room. Oh, my God. I I think this movie was written by an alien who had brief contact with humanity in about 1995 and doesn't know about anything that's happened since then. And that's how they made this movie because that's the only explanation for this script. Um, See, to me, or when when did Inconvenient Truth come out? Two thousand and six. I googled it just now. Yeah. Why don't they have stuff like cell phones? 
They do. She's like, rem- oh, there's a whole awkward conversation where the movie passes the Bechdel test because uh, Whitney, Whitney's character is on the phone to her modeling agent who has got her a job at Victoria's Secret. And they're on a, she's on a cell phone. And it goes on for hours. And she says thank you at least four times. And then there's a whole – and then then – it makes sense to you why in movies and TV you never see anyone say goodbye or hang up the phone when they hang up the phone, because then we have a long okay bye talk to you later bye bye yeah but thing I mean you could just say bye and hang up anyway it's not cell really phones. an explanation there are cell phones and it's, hybrid cars that's true it's maybe so 2005. weird though because they don't seem to have any concept of like modern technology um what about when he's watching the news and they have the newscast and like it's a shot from like just above her boobs up and there's a TV like hovering somewhere to the left above her head and then it's just all set from there up. Like, it's there's so much set in that shot and you're like, who does that? That's terrible. What, the, the, whole, the whole thing was shot by someone who's never shot a movie before. There, nothing is lit. No scene ever is lit and the camera moves, like the, the camera positions don't quite work and they don't know how to shoot conversation shots. And, oh, there's this fabulous scene with a what, Russian waitress at the beginning where she's shot from below, but or rather she's shot in like, I don't know, from like the waist up. But she's, instead of looking at our hero at his t- table in the diner, she looks straight at the camera and says, okay, I'll be right with you. <laughs> what? But I... I Okay, so to me, this, I don't even know why, I mean, you can understand why this is on YouTube. This is a movie. Oh, it's not for Americans. Put together by a dude and his friends. But we've all done that. I've done that. And we've done amateurish efforts at it. But that's, to me, it feels like this guy said, I'm going to make a movie and I'm going to shoot it on the weekends. And we're going to sneak into my offices to shoot it. That's what it looks like. I know that's what it looks like. That's why it's so wonderful. That's not at all what this movie is. He put out a professional casting call. It took months and months to shoot it. They were like properly, these were actors who were hired to act. Like this was their job to do this But he did the whole thing on a budget of $10,000. So they weren't getting paid a lot. No, but like I think um, in in the podcast, Whitney Moore says at one point, um, well, we we committed to this, so we had to keep doing it. Um, I know, like people, like the sound guy. I think dropped out, Didn't so somebody like the else. Sound. So somebody else had to fill in as the sound. I'm not sure if it's this one or the room, but I think it's this one where like there were two cameras taped together because they weren't sure if HD or something else was the future. So they just taped them together, so all the shots are like slightly off center. It looks like it was shot in standard def. But okay, anyway. it might be the room. Um. That everything's at like Dutch angles, so like when you when the driving scenes oh, are happening, okay. everything is at is, an angle. This could this movie could have been done in about it could have been a twenty minute short because we spend hours on really boring crap. Like the opening scene, it's more boring. Was that Sofia Coppola movie where the thing drives around the car somewhere? Dri- yeah, it's like that except more boring. I think he's trying to echo Chinatown. I think. In that we drive up into what looks like the Los Angeles Hills and we, it's just shot from the front of the car. The lighting's not right. Well, the same thing it happened really in Only Lovers Left Alive. was shot from – yeah, but it was a lot of driving around. Yeah, that was boring. But this was so boring. But also every time we see like everything, there's all the bits that are normally cut out of a movie. Like we see exactly how long it takes to get out of a car 
and shut the door and lock the door and walk off. No, he doesn't and lock it. I noticed that specifically. He doesn't but lock it. it. We see the whole thing. It just seems to take forever, like really long shots of just getting out of the car, getting back in, going to the petrol station and filling up. We have a scene on going to the – oh, their first date, their first date. You have it's to listen to every bit of stupid, boring first date conversation. Did you know? Did you know I, that I he... used to be a software engineer and now I'm in sales. And, and she's at... a fashion model. She's not a model. At no point does anybody say she's a model. I bet you look great in that lingerie. <laughs> no, at no point does anybody say she's a model. They all say fashion model she's a fashion model every single time they talk about it but there's also the the clapping scene oh the stock (laughs) options when everyone gets their stock options and we have like 30 seconds of clapping (laughs) that scene no originally it's um initially it's we sold the company for one billion (laughs) dollars and then they clap for like ever and then he goes and you've all got stock options stock options but we've already had three conversations about stock options. So he talks about them to this girl when they first meet and then on their first date. Oh, maybe the company will get sold and I'll get stock options. Uh, and uh, It's an important plot point, Melissa. Well, it is an important plot point, but it's also like, you know how they tell you you should write what you know and, in fact, that's really bullshit advice? James Newen has written what he knows. James Newen used to be a software engineer. And he's keen on movies and he's put together this movie and he's tried to make it. I love the scene where he's like, I used to be a software engineer, but I really feel my personality suits sales. And I'm like, (laughs) no personality. You don't have one. Oh, my God. When he's trying to – the first time we see him working in his stupid call center and he's like, what what does it take to get your business? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, I'll do that and a 50% discount. And you're like, What? What? No sale ever closes that easy. What is wrong with you? <laughs> yes, I just made a one million dollar sale. Woo! Yeah, that's that's about the level of excitement that he puts into I anything know. that happens yet, in the movie. Yet I remain glad you made me watch this. Oh no, we're being attacked by birds. Boo! And these viral these birds that have got this virus or whatever's wrong with them. What's wrong with them? It makes them explode in the skies. No, no. Okay, these are the these are the um what are the symptoms of the birdemic, right? They become dive bombing birds that literally make like plane dive bombing sounds when they crash into petrol stations and such. But the petrol stations don't blow up, so it's no, okay. No, just a little explosion. Yeah. So the birds explode, it seems, but everything around them is fine. It makes them attack people. And scratch their necks open and immediately kills them. Because of global warming. And it makes their blood acid. Yes. And then, oh, my God, the bit of the air where the acid flies everywhere. Like, yeah, towards the end there's a scene where they save some people from a bus and the people come out of the bus and then it's that guy who, like, his girlfriend's just died while taking a dump. <laughs> Which is the, the best scene since Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Uh, Very. It's a oh. classic. But, so the, the girlfriend's just died while taking a dump. And so he's like, oh, no, we have to kill these birds for Emily or whatever her name. I don't remember her name. Um, Betty? Something like that. They all have weird names. Like, it's Rod and Natalie. Natalie's okay, but then the kids are called Susan and Tony. Yeah, I know. And they're like 10. <laughs> I know. So then um, they go to save these people from he, the guy. The We have to kill them for my go- dead girlfriend who died while taking a dump. Goes in <laughs> to uh, save all the people from the bus. And he pulls them out. And then, like... <laughs> 
Rod has closed the door to the van so they can't get there. And so Rod's our hero, by the way. And so the people just stand in the middle of the street and then a bird comes down and explodes. And then in front yellow of acid falls all over them and they die with cuts on their faces. No, they die of like like it's not wounds. cuts, it's like wounds on their faces. Um and that's before the scene where they go to the um national park and meet the tree hugger. Do you know what though? It seems like it's a movie that was made by someone who learnt it's it's an alien who maybe left in two thousand and five, but he's learnt everything he knows about humans from movies. Like all he's ever done is watch movies. And he's like, Oh, there's that great scene in Jurassic Park where someone dies taking a dump. We should copy that. Oh, there's that great scene at the beginning of Chinatown where someone drives through the streets and we have the camera on the dash. Like it just We oh, um, I boy. watched the bird six hundred times. <laughs> yeah. Tippy Hedron gets, gets an credit. acting credit for this movie and Poor her Tippy. scene is like from another movie that she did, which is on a TV in the background while Natalie and Rod have sex. I keep wanting to call Natalie Whitney, but mm. when Natalie and Rod have sex, and Natalie also, um, she's Poor in like Tippi this Hedren. bikini thing. Oh yeah, she's wearing a bikini. I don't, get and the it. other girl did too. Yeah, they, I don't know. Again, it's like he's never lived a real human life, and he thinks that women have sex with their bras on. And then, um, so she, but then her feet are like filthy in that scene. Oh, I didn't scene. notice that. They're so dirty but because of the gross hotel motel that they're in. Ew. For some reason, even though they both have places to live right there. Um, by the way, the Birdemic doesn't start till 46 minutes into this movie. Oh, the yeah. first 46 minutes of this movie, we follow driving, what- dating, the world's most boring conversations. We follow Rod getting his best sale ever and everything going really well in his life and he gets solar panels installed at his house, which we watch happen, and Natalie is like, yay, I got Victoria's secret gig by doing this weird, like, 30-minute, uh, you know, um, camera, 30-minute photo photo shoot, which was terrible, mm-hmm. and now I'm a Victoria's secret model and everything's going great in her life, so she goes to tell, tell her mum, who has, like, a 20-second thumbs up at her. <laughs> I only want what's best for you. You should have a backup plan. Thumbs up, thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Oh, but it's just there's so many scenes that just go on too long and they're already badly lit and badly acted, so we don't need that. But then she goes oh. back to her mum with Rod and then her mum has this whole oh, thing where nice she's like... Oh, what a nice boy. No, she has this whole thing where she's like, oh, you know, since I retired, I like to go for walks and I like to do this. And of course, I like supporting Natalie in her modelling career. <laughs> So that's the thing, though. It's like he has been to some actual real human conversations, though, because the date and the visit with the mother-in-law are like every awkward conversation you've ever sat through. But you have to sit through the whole damn thing. I don't remember what the exact quote is, but like then they uh, go, they go on this date. I, I'm not sure also how long things take because there's a there's this thing where the, we have the scene with the mum, right? The first scene well, with the mum. they seem to be mum. going in at lunchtime to the date, but then it's nighttime when they're in the restaurant. They have the scene with the mum. It cuts immediately to the first other couple that are their friends having sex. And then that cuts immediately to the board meeting, which is very excellent editing, by the way. I mean, really top notch when it goes from like, and there's no sort of warning. There's no fade out. It just goes cut, cut. Oh, there's no fade. It freaks you out all the time because there's random sounds that start and stop. But then like there's there's that. But then, you know, um, I have no sense of how long things are because I don't know how long it took for him to start dating her and then to get the sale and then for this company to be sold. And then he buys his own company and then he does something else and then they're on another date and they're at the pumpkin festival which was clearly 
clearly just a festival that they came across at some point and decided to film at. Um, and then after that, they go on a date to the beach and he's like, we're all made of water. So what's your ideal man like? <laughs> and then she like charmingly tries to answer this inane crap. And then they go home and they have sex and then the sex scene cuts immediately to like what looks like just stock well, footage. No, they have of, sex and the birds appear. That's no, what, no, no. That's not uh, – there's like stock footage first. It just looks like oh, shots wait, of the town. Yes. And then it's suddenly like – and the birds start attacking. That's your punishment for having sex, humans. That's what happens. Birds attack. And then they like – the pasted on gifts of birds hover outside the hotel. And, and sometimes their wings flap and most of the time they don't. No, no, no. It depends on where they are because they had like one gif of an eagle, right? Yeah. And so they stuck that gif of an eagle on like to one scene five times. So there's five eagles that just sit there hovering while they bat them with coat hangers, which is the first weapon that they use is coat hangers yep. from the co- cupboard in the, in the motel. Um, so they're swatting at the air. Them These poor actors are swatting at the air with coat hangers while gifts of eagles hover in front of them, completely unaffected. <laughs> and then that's this, there's, they have that shot. They have the one where an eagle gets shot out of the sky. I didn't even get to start talking about guns yet. Oh, my God. They have these guns, right? And, sh- and some- there's like a 9mm and then there's these automatic weapons. But everyone who holds the 9mm, it was clearly a toy. But they just pointed at people. They're like, hey, kids, come on. And they pointed at the kid and like, come on, let's go. Let's move along now. And I'm like, have you ever handled a weapon before? Do you know what you're doing? Stop pointing that thing at people. And they're just like... The, the automatic weapons, they're just like wandering around with them. Hi, look, I've got a big gun. Oh my. It's just like they just didn't. I've never even watched a movie with people with guns in it before. And they shoot into the air, and like you'll then you'll cut to that one shot that they have of a bird dying where and it of, gets shot and, and of falls. Course, because the guns are so loud, you hear this gun noise that suddenly appears and makes you jump out of your seat because you're like, they're just standing around outside and then suddenly there's bang, 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 bang. And you're like, what? Where did that come from? Well, the entire soundtrack is made up of three things. It's made up of white noise in the background, like background noise. Yeah. Because they can't cut any of that stuff out. It's made up of cheesy elevator music that's royalty free. And then there's hanging out, hanging out with my family. Having ourselves a party. Yeah, yeah. In the on one of the dates they go on, there's a singer at a nightclub, and he's actually good. He's like one of two talented people involved in this movie. And there's and he's got a good song, and they've paid money to have a singer in the song. He can sing, yeah, but that song is not good. Literally, the the whole song is "I'm hanging out with my family." They must have danced to that three million times. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's terrible. He's good though. The singer can actually sing, and it doesn't lip sync up at all. And it's two and a half minutes long. (laughs) It's a two and a half minute musical interlude of them just dancing to this song, and clearly she's like trying to dance, and he's sitting there like dad dancing. (laughs) It's so great. I just can't, like, it's such a great, great movie. I just cried laughing. Like, I laughed so much too because it's actually, it feels quite long because, well, everything takes forever, but it actually doesn't feel that long and I got through it quite easily and I just kept laughing or just being like, what is this? What is this? Oh my God, stop talking. Why are you going for a picnic at the beach? There's a birdemic going on. Like they go, they take their, they go to this, um, to the convenience store. 
and they buy their food from a guy who clearly actually worked at a convenience store and they just came in with the film crew and were like, do you mind being in this movie? And he was like, okay. And he <laughs> delivers those lines. Um, uh, we have no supplies because of the birds. <laughs> um, uh, we have no petrol because of the birds. So petrol is $200. That guy. <laughs> Oh, who's about as good as the guy they come across who who wants to buy some petrol off them? Oh, he pulls great. out his gun. <laughs> he's so great. He's like, "Gun, you're gonna sell this petrol to me," and you're like, "Why do you need a gun if you want to buy it? <laughs> Just steal it." And then they get the petrol out, and then a <gasps> then eagle comes along and kills the guy, and they leave the, the petrol. petrol there. Oh. Most frustrating moment ever. Oh, man. That's so great. I love that whole thing. Like, that's also, like, that's after the picnic at the beach. The picnic at the beach they go to. So, like, there's this couple that we're introduced to at the beginning. Okay, so Rod has a friend who he plays basketball with. And Natalie has a friend who we never see them together. And she just calls her. And that when she calls her, she happens to be having sex with Rod's friend. And she stops in the middle of what she's doing to answer her phone. Oh, no, no. Because that's has- super feminist because it's like girl power. I got to answer the phone to my girl before I have sex with my boyfriend. No, that has one of the best lines in the whole movie when she calls her up and she's like, hey, what are you doing? And she's like, what does it sound like I'm doing? I'm in the middle of sex. <laughs> And I like, think she says something like, I'm in bed with blah. No, I know, but she says, what does it sound like I'm doing? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I don't know because I can only hear you over the phone. Yeah. I, and then she's like, what's his name's in bed? Ramsey, apparently, is in bed next to me. Ram- like, Ramsey Snow? Like, what? What? <laughs> he is a bit of a dick, so. Um, so, yeah, she's sleeping with Ramsey. And then they have a whole conversation about their friends while they're in the middle of possibly sex although it doesn't really look like that it just looks like like, they're kind of dry humping in a bikini yeah yeah he's in fully dressed and she's in a bikini climbing on top of him yeah so i don't know what they were really doing Mm -hmm. um but then they have this whole conversation and then when the action actually starts we see a totally different couple like they meet a totally different couple in the hotel and then they decide to go on this journey with this other couple and then one of them die they both end up dying and then they go down the street and they're like oh no it's our friends in the car who are dead by the way the car stuff all of these people are dead in their cars what did they do like the birds obviously didn't come into the cars and they're all pulled over to the side of the road road and like holding hands or sitting there just waiting doing for the birds to come and the kill birds. them <laughs> Well, like they got out of the you car. Know they don't know how to use guns and they just killed themselves. But they're they in did, this movie and they all, just killed themselves. They're all killed by scratches on their cheek slash neck. <laughs> That's how everybody gets killed. But I have to admit, the makeup effects were actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. The, that was... Well, there you go. There's one thing. Somebody on this movie actually knew how to do makeup effects because the stuff on their faces is pretty good. It yeah. looks like real scratches and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um... But yeah, oh, and then, but they don't know how to do fire, obviously, because when they're in the national forest, after talking to the, oh, so you're a tree hugger. Some people might call me that, but I have to protect the trees from these insects and also act badly while my hair, my fake wig is tied back. Oh no, there's a bear coming. I have to go to my tree house while you guys run away through the forest of gift fire, which is pasted on top of some trees. Which is the same fire they use when the birds explode in the bedroom. The dive bombing birds, yep. Yep. And so they run out of the forest and then they all come out and they're like, <laughs> and they're like there was no smoke. 
All the fire looked super fake. You know, they were like, look, guys, there's going to be a lot of smoke and fire. We'll, we'll fix it in post. And just like the, act- the actors, well, Whitney is doing her best. The kids are like, I want a Happy Meal. <laughs> the kids are probably doing their best too. I mean, they're little kids who are who clearly knows? not very good actors who are put in a terrible movie. But yeah, they're terrible lines where they don't want to eat. They found this fit. They've caught this fish and they have some seaweed to eat. And they're like, ew, I want a Happy Meal. I'm like, Okay. And then he's like, I want a happy meal. And then his sister joins in. I want a happy meal. No, no, they're not sisters. They just happen to be on the side of the road together while their two separate sets of parents died, which they get over in five minutes. Oh, okay. I didn't. They were under the He he was in the back of the car and she was under the car. No, two cars. Two separate cars. He was in the back of one of the cars while she was under the back of the other car. Oh, right. And they just happened to save them both at the same time. And then I do apologize for my lack of a close reading of this film. (laughs) And then, like, they're in the back seat of the movie and they're like, We're hungry. Yeah, we're hungry. And then two seconds later, he's asleep. So he doesn't have to be in their next scene, I guess. (laughs) So they take them into into the store where Whitney's, like, examining the bottles of wine. And you're like, Yeah, I feel you, girl. Yeah. Well, she puts down a bottle of champagne. I'm like, No, don't. Don't do that. Bring all the alcohol you can. And then they still, why are the stores still working? Like, why do they have to still pay for things? It's the end of the world. Some of them they have to pay for. Some of them they just walk into and take things. There's early on, they walk into one and they just, there's nobody and everyone's dead and they take stuff. And later on, there's a convenience store attendant. Clearly he was like, you can film here if I can be in the movie. (laughs) Or they just got there and were like, can we film here? Well, you can be in the movie. Yeah, something like that. Oh, Not man. everyone's been got by the pandemic yet. I feel like there's stuff we still haven't talked about in this movie. Oh, it's just what it, it would be. This would have been a good one to maybe watch and then like record <laughs> while we were watching. It's so great though. Like I really did. I watched the whole thing and I was like in tears sometimes, like mm. from laughing so hard I at laughed. the things that were happening. Like the. But just the boring scenes where they, where like that line that was like, oh yeah, but the ocean's so important and we're all made up of water. So what's your ideal man? And you're like, what? That's not, what? Just, there were so many boring conversations. What are you going to do with the money? Oh, I don't know. Why don't you get a new car? Chicks love cars. Also, you should get a hybrid because Al Gore no, no, no. Says, he oh. says he's getting a hybrid. Yeah, he's, and he's a- like, no, no, chicks love cars. And he's like, yeah, but I got a hybrid and it's a something or other and it's something or other. And he has to tell us all about All the about car. his hybrid. <laughs> this is worse than Warehouse 13. Like, whee. And like, yes, no, but it's not a real thing. He buys a Mustang that's a hybrid. Yeah. It's not a real car. He's he's doing oh, product think, placement no, for a not real car. Well, he's not doing product placement because he didn't get any money from it. But I believe there is a hybrid Mustang. Give me a sec. Whatever. I feel like the car I've that he was one. driving around was not a hybrid. Oh, anyway, no, it was a Mustang. Like he was driving around what was clearly not a hybrid car. And he was like, it's a hybrid it car. And I'm like, that's no, what, it isn't. That's what they uh, spent their budget on. Oh, my God. Or it was just James Wynn's car. Maybe. Yeah, well, he's a software engineer, don't you know? He probably has a nice car. Yeah, no, no, no. He's not a software engineer. He's a software salesman now, Melissa. He used to be a software engineer and now he's a software salesman because sales suits his personality better. That (laughs) great sparkling personality that you see on screen. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I don't know why you would cast Alan Barr in anything ever. Like, did he come in and do a read and then the director was like, yeah, you're the guy. You're okay. the guy I want in my movie I because you're like such a bad actor. This was an open audition because basically everyone who's in it has only ever done movies with this guy. I feel like it was one of those like advertised on the amateur acting sites and people came in and 
whoever was like the least worst or got on with the director. It was it's really really amatory. He like, can't all be the on least worst. Like this. He can't be because he's the actual worst. Like <laughs> I could act better than that guy. I mean, and I'm not an actor. I'm a terrible actor, but I could act better than this guy. He was dreadful. He was so terrible at anything to do with acting, emoting, remembering his lines. Like, <laughs> Oh, nobody could remember their lines. <laughs> Probably because they kept getting changed. But I don't think they had any lines for some of those scenes. Oh, some boy. of those scenes I was like, you need to talk. I think they were like, you need to talk about this and go. And then they just went, ah, um, so I'm a software salesman. I feel like it suits my personality better. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm a fashion model and uh, I'm going to get to this lingerie shoot. Oh, I'll bet you look great in that lingerie. <laughs> this is the first movie Alan Barr ever did. This is his first IMDb credit. Is his second IMDb credit Birdemic 2? No. Oh, my is. God. No, no, he got a role in Pretty Little Liars. Like a real TV show. You know what else he was in? He was in Parks and Rec. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. He was not credited because he was an extra in a scene in Parks and Rec. Really? Yeah, I saw a screen cap on Tumblr. There were people who were super obsessed with this guy because of his talent, his overwhelming, <laughs> amazing talent. talent. Yeah, oh. no, I, I I believe you. It's it's an extra credit, though. You don't get it. That doesn't get you a credit yeah, yeah, on IMDb. Exactly. But the thing is, these are that's what it feels like. There are a bunch of people who live in LA and like have other jobs, but really, really, really want to be in the movies, and so they're just making their own movie, and they're all just pals. And like, I don't think they were though, because Whitney Whitney Moore definitely didn't know James Wynn before she did the movie. Okay. So like, because well, that doesn't mean she didn't like go and audition for it. Because I mean, I'm sure she gets mil- like this when you're in LA. There's at 11 billion auditions you can go for every day. Right. So that's what I think they did with everybody, though. Yeah. Oh, like, maybe. everybody was just cast. They had a sound guy. Like, he <laughs> hired a sound guy, and the sound guy quit <laughs> because the movie was so but, bad. Yeah, anyway. So, Al- yeah, Alan Barr seems to have not very much on his plate. But Whitney, I think this was early. Yes, this was very early in her career, but she's actually been getting heaps of roles, like, not just dodgy. There's a few dodgy ones, but she seems to be – you know, going ahead and getting some roles. That's not so surprising. She was she the best was part. the best thing in the whole movie. It really does seem like with the mother, they just got someone's mother in there. I, well, the, she, her only credits are for these, his guy, this guy's movies and his earlier movies. So I feel like it's like one of his friend's mums or his mum or something. Yeah. 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 I, I very much doubt that she is uh, an actress um, based on her performance in this movie. Yeah. And also she doesn't look like, anybody in the movies i mean the mums in the movies don't look like actual mums which is what she looks like yes she does that's actually she actually looks like this girl's mum like she could easily pass for this girl's mum and she's so adorable yeah (laughs) she's really bad well this is the whole thing i feel bad like this is a terrible terrible movie and I feel really bad, though, because I feel like this was not ever meant to be a movie that was reviewed like this. It's a movie that some pals made when they were just starting out. See, I don't think that's the case. I mean, they were just starting out, obviously. But to be fair, but he Clerks thought- was a movie made by some pals just starting out, and it's way better. But he also, he thought he was making birds, right? This guy clearly thought he was making the next big bird horror movie. He thought he was making something amazing. Yeah, he thought he was doing what the Saw guys did or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he, But I I just feel sorry for him. I do, but I do, but I also, there's something so like, I think one of the reasons that this movie is so great is because it has this kind of naivety to it that's like, I am making this great movie and I'm going to put make it exactly the way I wanted to and it's so funny. 
Yeah, I suppose. I I still feel a little weird about it. Anyway, it almost seems moot at this point, but are you going to give it a rating? Um, Well, I gave it zero stars because it doesn't really deserve any stars, but it is great and you should definitely watch it. Yeah, I probably would give it maybe one star because you should definitely watch it. I feel like I'd have to give it zero or five. Okay. Because zero because it was terrible or five because I had so much fun watching it, much more fun than I had watching a couple of the other movies that I watched this weekend mm-hmm. that like I have to give like I have to give it props, man. It's entertaining. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right, let's wrap the episode up then. Okay. I loved this movie. This was so much fun. Thank you for making me watch it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> let's pick out some more bad movies for after Gal- after Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Are we gonna watch the room? I guess. That's the other notoriously bad one. <sighs> Fine, fine. Is it on YouTube? Do I have to pay for I it? I don't know if it's on YouTube, but The Room is uh, is by the auteur Tommy <laughs> Wiseau, who also stars in the movie and um, looks really bad, like okay. really bad. I don't know if it's going to be quite as much fun as this one for us. We'll um, think about it then. But definitely Barbed Wire. Yes, we're watching Barbed Wire. Oh, my God. I just I just Googled The Room. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau is a really, really scary looking guy too. It's terrifying. Okay, well, I'll think about that. Anyway, in the meantime, thanks very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you want to read the show notes, I don't know that there'll be show notes on Birdemic, but we'll try. Go to Silver Screen Queens. Well, we'll have to link to um, the How Did This Get Made episode of it. I think I've we re- referenced it like we 20 do. Times. We do. We owe them a debt for introducing us to this masterpiece. Uh, so that you can find the show notes and old episodes on silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on – oh, if you want to read Katie's blog, that is silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. We have a Twitter, at screen underscore queens. We have a Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Silver Screen Queens. You can find us on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. And I think that's everything. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>